Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Let's turn uh, to 2 Corinthians uh, in just a few minutes. I'm going to dive in there. And uh, so 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And in this series that we've been in, uh, Erica brought an incredible message last week on uh, Ichabod, the glory departing. And if you missed any messages in this series, I would encourage you to go back. In this series, it's all about God's glory. It's all about refocusing the church. The church and the pandemic got off focus. We got political. We got all all involved in different things. And I'm not here to cast any stones because I felt myself getting sucked into that too. I mean, how can you not when you are, uh, you know, inundated every day with that kind of information? And I literally just had to unplug myself from that. I don't watch the news. I do uh, you know, just peruse headlines and I'll read some articles, but I had to, I had to let go of the news, uh, because like even, even the, the conservative side started being, you know, like they're, they're getting crazy, you know? And it's like, so I'm just going to retreat to my secret place and I'm going to get with God and I'm going to try to keep myself focused because the enemy got the church all out of focus and got us all horizontal. And, and we're, we're supposed to be vertical people. You can't be horizontal effectively if you're not vertically connected with the Lord. And so, you know, this morning, I really kind of guess I want to start off with a question that, you know, is there something in your world, in your life that you want to become better at? Like you're not good at this and you want to be better at it or you are good at it, but there's a whole nother level that you're, you're looking to go to. And a lot of times in the education world, we'll go like, you know, well, I have, I have my BA degree. I, I want to get my MA degree or I have my master's, but I want to get my doctorate or whatever. Or, you know, if you're in the mechanical world, uh, you know, uh, you're like, well, I'm, I'm a mechanic at this level, but I want to become a master mechanic or I'm, I'm a, I'm a, electrician and I don't know what they call the you know the ground level electricians but you know you want to be a master electrician the one that you know is the top level um, and so we all have areas of our life and it could be anything from maybe your health to uh, you know spiritual to uh, financial that you want to get better at that and there's another level, there's almost always another level, especially when it's relationally and spiritually, emotionally, when it comes to things like that. And at the very beginning of this series, I uh, talked to you about Moses. And Moses was the very first one that had these really intimate communications with God. And that quest to, for more is what drove Moses to ask God the question, show me your glory. And when you start thinking about it, like, what, bro, what do you mean, show me your glory? Like, was the burning bush not enough glory for you? Was, 
were the nine plagues that Pharaoh un, uh, that God unleashed on Pharaoh was that not enough glory? Like he literally parted the Red Sea and you walked through and you saw Pharaoh's army perish when it closed up behind you. Is that not enough glory for you? The guy says, I want to see your glory, and he had already seen all of that. But what he was getting at is he's like, he knows that God is infinite and that there is no end to his glory. There is no end to his majesty. And he's like, there's more of you, and I want to see it. And God begins to, you know, answer him, and he said, you cannot, you cannot handle my glory. He's like, what I'll do is I'm going to put you over here in this rock. Just get in that rock and hide, and I'm going to cause my presence to hide you in that rock while the fullness of my glory passes by, but you cannot look into my face. In other words, you cannot see me head on. You will see my hind parts. In other words, hind parts, the past. You'll see my history. And while Moses is in that rock, it's kind of like when you look up in a sky, in the sky, and you see that line across the sky, but you don't see no plane. What, what, what do you look up? You don't look up there and go, oh, that's a weird looking cloud. That, you look up there and go, oh, a plane flew over, Right? The plane's not there, it's where the plane's been. And that's, what, that's a picture of what happened when God's presence protected Moses. He passes by and he says, I'm going to remove the hand of my presence and you're going to be able to see my hinder parts, my hind parts, my past, the past. And so when Moses turns around, you know, this is, this is not in scripture, it's just what I'm envisioning. He sees... God's hind part. He sees his backside. He sees the past. And you know what I believe when he's looking into that? What I believe is, see, because Moses wasn't in the beginning. Moses what wasn't, you know, on the first day of creation, God created. Moses wasn't at, and, you know, the spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep. He wasn't there. But when he turned around, that's what he saw. And he gets out all his utensils and he goes to chiseling, you know, you know getting it written down. That's where the, where the Genesis account, because God spoke it to him in that moment. And it's what drove him to want to see more of God's glory. And so here's what I want to present to you this this question. It's basically a challenge today. All right. Here's the challenge. The level of devils that you're fighting is greater than the level of the glory that you carry. I want you to think about this for a second. Like there are people that you're fighting battles that are too big for you. You're fighting devils that are too big for you. Preacher, the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. That's all true. But you have to contextualize scripture. You can't just cherry pick scriptures. You have to contextualize scripture. And it, while it's true that greater is he that is in you and me than he that's in the world. 
It doesn't mean you know how to access or use his glory. If somebody came in this room and they set some kind of machine gun, I don't even know what they're called, AK-47, something that the uh, military uses, and they set it on that stage, I would be in possession of it. But I wouldn't know the first thing of how to use it. I could probably figure out where the trigger's at. I don't know, like, is there a safety on this thing? It doesn't mean I know how to use it. It doesn't mean I know what's, how, how to stand to use it. It doesn't mean I have any kind of awareness of the kickback, the recoil that, it, that I'm going to experience. I don't have a clue of how far it goes. I don't know how fast it shoots, how many run, rounds. Just because I would be in possession of it doesn't no, mean that I know the fullness of how to operate it. Can I tell you, standing here before you, no man, I do not care who he or she is. I don't care if it's Catherine Kuhlman, Smith Wigglesworth, Benny Hinn, Bill Johnson, Rife Stewart, you know, uh, Alan Waldrop, Stephen, Erica, Shea, any of us in this room that possess the glory of God, we do not know the fullness of his glory or how to operate in it. It's too deep. It's too wide. It's too rich. There's a level that you're at, and then there's another level. And when you get to that level, there will be another level. And there's always going to be another level. And he is going, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day that you see him eyeball to eyeball. You're never going to stop growing. You're never going to stop accelerating. You're never going to stop advancing unless you want to. We will never reach. We're never going to get our glory diploma. Not on this side of eternity. You get that on the other side. We're never going to get our spiritual diploma. We don't get that on this side. We get that on the other side. But on this side, we are eternal students. That's why at Destiny, one of our core values is that we believe in a culture of teachability, that we are lifelong learners. So here's the challenge, that the level of devils that some people in the church, you may be one of those. I know I've been, I have encountered devils before that I didn't, as a matter of fact, the Lord chastened me. He chastised me. He corrected me that when I left leading the church from the other building to this building, that I did not, uh, he he didn't say it this way, like, I'm going to say it to you like this. The Lord chastened me, and he said, you missed what was happening in the spirit realm. You thought you were moving three miles horizontally. We're just from here to there. But he said, you missed it because I promoted you in the spirit realm, and you did not recognize the promotion. And the devils you are fighting now are greater than the devils you fought over there. And I was not prepared. And I'm telling you what, the devil kicked my tail for a while. Why? Because I didn't know where it was coming from. I'm like, what the heck is going on? <clears throat> It's like the enemy is boom, 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 boom. You know, just hitting me, hitting me one right after another. And I, when I get alone with God and I'm saying, God, what is going on? And that's when God gave me that revelation. 
Now, what he was basically saying, I can tie it into this message, is, you know what, Rife? You thought you were just making a horizontal move three miles across town. Four miles, five miles, however many it was. You just thought you were making a horizontal move. My God, we're just going from one building to another. He's like, you totally missed that you went from here to here. I missed the vertical connection. I totally missed it. And I paid a price for it. So I was fighting devils that were at a greater level of the glory that I carried. If you don't believe that that's possible, I want you to look at Matthew, or sorry, Mark chapter 9. This is when the disciples came to Jesus and they, they, afterwards Jesus, when he was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? And Jesus replied, that kind. Everybody say that kind. That kind. In other words, there's another kind. There's another kind y'all could have cast out, but the kind you came up against You weren't able to do that because that kind only comes out by prayer and some uh, translations add fasting. In other words, what Jesus was saying, the disciples, a man brought his demon-possessed child to the disciples. He wasn't even going to bother Jesus. He brought it to his disciples and said, can you heal my son? Can you cast this? I don't even know if he knew that he was demon-possessed, but the point being is they tried and failed. Jesus, he looked at them and he said, oh, you have little faith. All right, stick with me for a second. Because if you read it, and I know you heard it preached this way, and if you read it through a certain filter, you think that Jesus is getting on to the disciples. Oh, you have little faith. Good Lord, what am I going to do? Oh, good me, what am I going to do with you guys? You know, and, you know, y'all have such little faith. He was basically just making a statement. He's saying, oh, Oh, you have little faith. Like your faith is at this level. I'm going to need y'all to raise it up, boys, because that's a, that, it takes more faith to come up against that. He's just saying there's a level of faith. There's one level of faith. In other words, he's, he, Jesus, you remember, he said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, like you, you only need a little bit of faith to do some things. And then there's other times you need bigger faith. So there's different levels of faith. And the disciples, this shows that they came up against, so I'm I'm basically using scripture to prove to you that there are different spiritual levels, different devils. And if you are coming up against some of those, you have got to be able to access a greater level of glory to be successful in that kind of warfare. Now, I want you to listen to this. We are able to reflect God's glory to to the degree that we receive his glory. Say it with me on the screen. We are able to reflect God's glory to the degree that we receive his glory. So how much glory you receive, that's how much you can access. How much glory you receive, that's how much you can reflect during the week. And listen, I'm not talking about just the glory that you will encounter here, but the glory that you can uh, encounter throughout the week that sustains you. Sadly, some people 
people's only spiritual experience is what they have one, one and a half, two hours a week in a building like this. And many times those people are not even fully engaged. This is not a message to beat anybody up. It's just to bring you into awareness. And there's a couple of messages that I I preached on attitudes and the posture, attitudes and actions that bring you into his presence that you can sense and receive that. But we're able to reflect. In other words, you and I, we reflect. If you truly had heart change in this place today, you're going to reflect it this week. If you truly had heart change today, you're going to reflect it this week. Because Holy Spirit who lives inside you, who guides you into all truth, is going to remind you when you get out of line. He's going, oh, do you remember what Pastor Rife said? Do you remember what he said? Do you remember the words of the message? Do you remember the scripture? Do you remember what I was speaking to through the prophet? Do you remember? Holy Spirit will, will, will bring you back to that. And so I want you to look in Scripture with me. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. And before we dive into it, what's happening here, Paul is talking to the Corinthians. All right? Corinth is a church that Paul planted. All right? Think about this. Who planted Destiny Church? I did, right? So imagine me, I'm old, I'm traveling around the world, and I'm, you know, planting churches somewhere else. And imagine me coming back to Destiny, and y'all saying, uh, you got any letters of recommendation that we can have on you before you preach? I'd be like, you better step aside. Like, show me to the pastor. Like, I, I, I planted this, I would wipe tails and spiritually and change diapers and like you better get on well the corinthians are doing this to paul they are asking paul for letters of recommendation and paul said you my recommendation i don't need a letter of recommendation from somebody in rome or jerusalem or anywhere you my recommendation Boy, I saw you when you got saved. I was the one that drug you out of the prostitute house. I was the one down there when you were sacrificing idols to the goddess Diana. I'm the one who called you when you was out catching fish on the Sea of Galilee. You my letter of recommendation. And then he goes into the, the difference between the law and the new covenant. And he's saying to the Corinthians, he's like, letters of recommendation are like the old covenant. But he said, Holy Spirit is like the new covenant. He's like, I don't need any letters of recommendation. He said, let me contrast these two. And so that's where we're fixing to dive into. So in verse 7, he says, and I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation. He says, the old way with laws etched in stone led to death. Now he's talking about the Ten Commandments. He said, though it began with such glory that Israel, that the people of Israel could barely look at Moses' face. Remember when he came down off Mount Sinai with the etched stones of the Ten Commandments? And so he was glowing because he had been in such, such pro- close proximity to the Lord. 
For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving us life? If the old way brings condemnation, if it uh, which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared to the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, so the old covenant's gone, it's replaced. It doesn't mean that the Ten Commandments are done away with. It means that Christ came and fulfilled those. And we no longer have condemnation and we no longer have to pay a penalty for that. So he says, verse 11, So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We're not like Moses who put on a veil over his face so the people of Israel who could not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same uh, veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. So stop. When you come to Christ, a, that veil is lifted off of you. You see things through uh, grace. You see th- seeing things through his mercy. You see things through his righteousness. In verse 15, yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. Many times people read the scripture today and it breeds no life. It brings no freedom. It brings no liberty. It just brings condemnation. That's why people who are not in relationship with the Lord, when they come into an atmosphere like this, and um, maybe you, you talk about some regulations that we have as sanctified believers, like there are some things believers just cannot do. They get offended, and they feel condemned, and they feel like you're telling them what to do. And if you are truly free in Christ, you go... He ain't talking to me. Like, that don't bother me. I'm like, I agree with you, and I'm free and liberated. And that kind of teaching does not bother me because I'm free. I'm liberated. I don't live under that old covenant. I know that Christ has died for me. He's paid for my sins. And look, this is I'm getting into the part that's really important now. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Look at that last verse of Scripture real quick on the screen. You can also circle it in your Bible if you want to. So all of us who have had that veil removed, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple, remember I showed you how the progression into his glory in the temple a few weeks ago, that veil was torn and we can now just go right in. We can go right into the holy presence of God. We don't have to have a priest to do it for us. And it was removed, and we can do two things. We can see, in other words, when you see something, you experience it. Like you, if you can't see something and not experience it. Like you can experience it and not see it. 
with your other senses. But if you see something, you've experienced it. You've had an encounter. We can see it and we can reflect the glory of the Lord. And he says, who, who, the Spirit makes us more and more. In some translations, it says the Spirit will take us from one glory to another glory, from glory to glory to glory, as we are changed, transformed into his image. The more and more you are in Christ, the more and more you will be changed. So let's say this. Say this with me. We are able to reflect God's glory to the degree that we receive his glory. We can do these two things, guys. We were designed to reflect the glory of God. Colossians 1.27, and this is a paraphrase, says, God also wants the Gentiles, that's people who don't know Jesus. God also wants the Gentiles to know the riches of glory available through Christ. And the hope for them coming to know him lives in you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Some people, you're the only Jesus they will ever see. You may not be the only Jesus they'll ever see, but you'll be the first version of Jesus they'll ever see. One day they're going to see Jesus in heaven if they come to knowledge in him. Now, think about this. I want the people that see Christ in me, when they get to heaven and they see Jesus, they go, it's uncanny. It's like looking at twins. Y'all are identical. That's how I want people to see me. God forbid if somebody gets to heaven that I've led to the Lord and they go, really? This is it? You're it? Because that, that's so not what I thought I would experience based upon what he was. God forbid you and I are a reflection of God's glory. The way we talk to people, the way we interact with people, our Facebook accounts, our Instagram accounts. I'm just trying to bring it into current culture. The way we interact with the, you know, waitress that gave you sucky service at the restaurant. Just give her some extra tip. You know, I mean... The way somebody cuts you off in traffic. The way that you interact with your school, son's school teacher or whatever. We are ever reflecting the glory of God. Pastor Rife, I just don't want that pressure on me. I honestly, I don't feel pressure. Well, that's because you're a preacher. And all you do is preachery stuff. No, dude, I'm an everyday normal guy. Well, not actually normal guy. I don't like a lot of guy stuff like hunting and football and all of that stuff. But I'm an everyday person. I get mad. 
I get frustrated. I get discouraged. I get ticked off with people. I want to punch folks sometimes. But I have allowed the Holy Spirit most of the time. I do get it wrong occasionally. But most of the time. Why? Because I've been walking with the Lord for over 30 years. So I've, I've progressed from glory to glory to glory. I remember the first date that Shay and I went on, I cussed in front of her. I mean, like, it just flew out of my mouth before I knew it because somebody pulled out in front of us. Well, I was just doing what was modeled me my whole life. But as soon as it came out, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry because I wanted to impress her. And I've grown a lot since then. Because I knew that there were th- some things I need to get control over. And Holy Spirit, he, he prompts me and he reminds me when I get it wrong. And I do get it wrong more times than I would like to admit. But Holy Spirit is always there convicting me, not condemning me. Convicting me unto the right way of living. And so we're designed to reflect his glory. We are, when people see you, like you're going into these different areas. Uh, you, Brent, you just prayed it over uh, these guys, over Shay, that they're the hope of glory in that classroom. You're the hope of glory in, in, in your sphere of influence, whether you're a homemaker or a doctor or a lawyer or a mechanic or, or you work in a uh, retail. You're the hope of glory and you will bring uh, just a peace. You, you literally, there are people that when I was in the uh, retail, world there were people that I hated to be around who were Christians because they are they are negative backbiting talk about everybody and I'm just like I do you just bring this dirty filthy cloud over you everywhere you go and then there were some folks that it's like man they love the Lord they're just so sweet and they help you with anything and they weren't as smart as oh you know negative nancy over there but uh you know they probably couldn't quote as much scripture and didn't sing in the big choir at the big church but they were just good godly people and i'm like man i love being around when they walk into the break room atmosphere changes because they carry the glory here's the second thing the second thing is we're designed to grow in the glory of God. Not only are you designed to reflect it, but you're designed to grow in the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says it like this. So all of us that when we've had that veil removed, this is that scripture I just read, read to you. When we've had that veil removed, we'll grow more and more like him. Today, You're like Jesus. Tomorrow you need to be more like him. You should be. You should want to be. Next week you'll be more than you are today. Next month you will be more than you are this month. Next year you should be more than you are this year. In 10 years from now you should be way farther along than you are right now. If any of us are at the same place in 10 years from now, God help us. Because we are not, we would be abnormal spiritually. Any of you guys have, uh, you know, uh, a fourth grader, and it's like, you know, oh, I just want them to be sweet and cute and cuddly like that. They're, you know, well, maybe fourth graders aren't cute and cuddly, you know. Let's, let's break it down to four-year-olds, all right? I just want them to stay cute and cuddly like that forever. 
No, you don't. That would be freakish. That's creepy. You got a 40-year-old, 4-year-old. He's been four years old for 40 years. He's like, hey, Mom, can I drive? You know, son, your feet can't even touch the pedals. Like, that's weird. It's abnormal. Why? Because God created us to grow. Spiritually, the same principle. God created us to grow spiritually. So when you came to Christ, whenever that was, whether it was today or some other time in the years past, like, you are not made to just get saved and do, like, I got everything down. I'm going to heaven. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I'm not at least going to hell. And that's where most people, uh, sorry, not most, that's where a lot of people, that's where their spiritual life just kind of stagnates and they're just hovered there for the rest of their life. Paul addressed that in, to, to the same church that I was talking to you earlier. Paul addressed that to them and he goes back to check on them. And he's like, hang on a second. I planted this church years ago and I'm coming back and y'all are still, Y'all are still at this level spiritually? He's like, brothers and sisters, this should not be. And he gets out his, his belt, his Bible belt. And he's like, I'm fixing to spank y'all because you should not be. In other words, he's fixing to chastise them. And I don't want you to think that chastising is always punitive because it's not. He said, brothers and sisters, this, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Now, I put y'all, I started this church, I founded it, I put leaders in place, and I've come back, and 10 years later, you guys are really practically where I left you. And it's like y'all still out there committing sin, you're still sleeping around, you're still, you know, going off doing this, that, and the other. And he said, it's, it's really like y'all are still sucking on the bottle. Y'all are still being breastfed. He's like... Y'all ain't even eating even steak yet. Y'all aren't even eating solid food yet. He's like, you're made to grow spiritually. And so there's a level of glory that we are, but there's another level of glory. Guys, there are gifts of the Spirit that at one point in my life, I didn't even know they existed. So I'm at one level of no glory I'm just living in the omnipresence of God. I'm truly not aware of his presence. I'm not a Christian. I don't know anything about spiritual gifts. But then I got introduced to Jesus. And so I, now I'm, I'm on, at least on the playing field. But I don't know anything about Abraham. I don't even know who Jonah is. And don't ask me nothing about Melchizedek. <laughs> like, don't ask me anything about some of these, you know, Haggai... Zechariah, Zephaniah, don't ask me about any of these people because I, I don't know who they are. I wasn't at that level. I didn't know anything about spiritual gifts. Wasn't at that level. I didn't even know there was spiritual fruit. Wasn't at that level. But as I listened to the word being taught me, I went to another level. Oh, there's spiritual fruit. Oh, I, I don't have all of those. You know, I got to improve that. Spiritual gifts, didn't even know what they were. Thought they were weird. Thought worship was weird. Thought Christian people were weird. And now I'm one of those weird Christian people. Spirit-filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> prophetic. But I, did, I didn't know all of that. Guys, there are some things in the prophetic realm that I was in ministry for 20 years before I knew what 
some prophetic things meant because it wasn't taught in the circles that I was in. There are some things in my life as a 53-year-old that I just found out in the last 14 years. Some in the last 10 years. It's okay. We're all growing. And I want you to grow to a different level than you are now. And so I'm just going to share this as we pray. This is how you can do it. Say it with me one more time just to get it in your spirit. We are able to reflect God's glory to the degree that we receive his glory. So if you want to reflect the glory of God, you're going to need to receive the glory of God. Can I tell you there's something kind of sad with the body of Christ? Too much of the body of Christ is okay with not reflecting his glory. Don't don't let that be you. There are people in your office. There are people in, in your family. There are people, they need to see Jesus, and you're the one that they might be looking at. So here's how we can do this. All right, so how can I activate what, Pastor Rife, you're teaching me today? How can I grow to another level of glory? Can I tell you something that's going to shock you? There's nothing on the screen that's fixing to come up that you don't already know. I don't have Pythagorean's theorem or anything that Einstein came up with. Everything that I'm about to put on the screen is so common sense and it's so doable. And the only thing that you need is one thing, the will. That's all you need, the will. And here's how you do it. Develop personal worship. You can do it. If you don't do it, you can do it because I do it and I used not to do it. I didn't even know you were supposed to do it. But somebody introduced me to that level of glory. Then there's corporate worship because personal worship is what you do outside in your own time. Can I tell you, Like, if I didn't have personal worship, my corporate worship would not be deep. Because, see, I don't, like, for me, and probably for most people, I I don't need a gathering like this to get me into the spirit, into the presence of God. Because I've already been there. So when I come into this place, I'm already primed. And... That's something that is like, well, that's, isn't that what all preachers are supposed to do? That's what all believers are supposed to do. Like, that's what all believers are supposed to do. Just get in his presence. Come into a place like this and begin to engage in, in corporate worship. Well, I don't really sing. I'm not a good singer, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm not the best singer. I don't have to be the best singer. All I have to do is pour my heart out to the Lord. And the noise that I'm making, it might sound good to somebody, but that really doesn't matter. It just matters my heart towards him. This is another thing, the word of God. Pastor Rife, I just can't understand the word of God. Listen, that is, mm -mm, nope, stop. Please don't say that. 
go to BibleGateway.com and there's 40 versions of Scripture. Like, don't say you can't uh, understand it. There's the common English version. There's the contemporary English version. There's the NIV, the NIV 2, the New Living Translation, the Passion Translation, the Message, and I'm telling you, there's probably 30 more. But get into the Word of God. Pastor Rob, I just don't have time to get into the Word of God. Well, you're never going to grow. You won't grow. You have to find a way to get into the Word of God. Prayer, fasting. I don't like fasting. It's not my favorite thing. to. I, I don't even like it. I wish the Lord would have left it out of the Bible if I'm being honest with you. But... There are times I have to fast. And every time I fast, guys, I repent. Because my attitude, I'm going, I'm like, God, I don't want to. I'm like a whiny kid going into it. I'm like, can it be for seven, three days? Please don't call me to one of those 30 days or 40 or 50 or 100. But there's a part of that that brings us closer to God. And it detoxes you from the world and just gets you into his presence there's community with believers listen I'm all about having non-Christian friends but we're supposed to reflect Christ to non-Christian folks but there are some folks in the church you got more unbelieving friends than you do Christian friends and that's not that's out of balance we're not to be friends with the world we can be friends but we're not to be friends with the world. That our life looks like their life. So if you're not in, communi- in community with other believers, like I challenge you to find you a good church family and connect with believers because you're going to need encouragement because out there you're either going to fight those devils or you're going to succumb to those devils it's just one of the two do you think for a second that the enemy just wants to play patty cake with you no he's there to devour your soul he's not into being besties he wants to kill steal and destroy you that's why a community of faith of believers is vital if you're going to be out there and we all should be out there with unbelievers And here's the last thing, is witness. Witness is such a powerful way to reflect God's glory. And when I'm talking about witnesses, I'm not not talking about just going up to somebody cold turkey and say, Hey, Mabel, my preacher said I'm supposed to witness, and I just want to know if you died tonight, would you bust hell wide open or would you go to heaven? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is just reflecting His glory through the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Reflect His glory through your witness, through like what you visibly do. Reflect your glory. Somebody told me years ago, it's like, you always look like you're mad. And I'm like, I realize I have one of those faces that looks serious all the time. And so I'm like, so I'm, I'm, I try to be aware of it. I'm like, is it working? You know, 
And I'm, I, so I'll tell my wife a lot of times on Christmas morning, I'm like, this is my happy face now. This is my excited face. I'm excited. I'm excited about what I'm fixing to open or what I open. But I, I become aware of like, hey, the way I interact with people, like I, I should show the joy of the Lord. I need to raise it up a notch on my body language and, you know, my tone and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I witness you told me something this morning, Glenna, about your family. You were witnessing the glory of God of what he did, which a lot of times is just telling a story of something awesome that God did for you. It's super easy to witness. Give him the credit.